All right. Welcome. Welcome in. The boys are back. We do a quick rundown of the MLB to start. Little MLB predictions. Then we run into our reports from around the realm. Do a tiny trade segment. Super producer and Max get a trade done. Who would have thought? Uh, And then we wrap up on a little bit more of a philosophical discussion on quarterback values in single quarterback leagues. Max and I are on opposing sides of the argument and uh, super producer Nixie comes in and tries to smooth things out for the listeners. Wanted to thank everyone for tuning in to episode number 83. Use our code monarchy at underdog fantasy monarchy, M O N A R C H Y get a free $100 deposit match in bonus cash. Underdog Fantasy is the presenting sponsor of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 83 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, welcome, welcome in. We got the guys back for another week, except sadly, Jace has fallen ill. Our our sweet prince is not feeling too well right now, so he won't be joining us today. But we have Max and Super Producer up in the land. I am finally home from my month extended business trip uh, in Atlantic City in New York. So I'm finally home right now in the city of brotherly love. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Doing better. Now that I hear your voice, I see your old background, Peter. I get to spend uh, tomorrow night with Nick C. Might do a might do a live trade on the show with one of you guys. So should be pretty fun. Super producer, how's it hanging? Locked in, bro. We are less than a month until the NFL draft, and pretty crazy, man. That's going to be, what, like three or four episodes, and one then we'll be in Philly. We got a buildup going. It's crazy. We are going to get three quarters of the squad in Philadelphia for the draft. The draft is in Kansas City for all of our listeners out there, but we're all going to meet up again and, and do a live episode in the city of Brotherly Love where the draft, I believe it starts on the 27th of April, that Thursday. It's going to be a fun one. The draft is approaching, you know, like they say in Game of Thrones. Winter is coming. These guys that we have speculated values over, they're going to have almost definitive hard values come the draft time. So take take a moment, find your prospect, figure out where you like them, and get a risk assessment find where they are in your drafts, where they're kind of going to go and get kind of near there. So you can trade up or trade down based on where they go and their teams. But gentlemen, before we get into the show, I wanted to talk. I want to know guys who's winning the world series and what's the matchup. The Yanks, the Yankees are winning it all. That would be disgusting. I, I like, I'm a big Yankee fan myself, but I just don't think that they got the firepower this year. Who do they play out of the NL? The Yanks versus the Braves. Yanks, Braves, Nick C. That's tough. I really don't know my baseball teams too well. So I guess I'll just have to roll with the Gardos. Got David Bell, and uh, maybe they can make some magic happen, a little bit of small ball. And then from the NL, I'll just pick the Dodgers. I don't really even know if they have a good squad or not, but the Dodgers, know. the Dodgers are very interesting this year with the banning of the shift and things like that. All these new rule input implementations, Freddie Freeman's going to have himself a year. He's a, a very bull hitter. So he's going to have a great, great, great season with no shift. Uh, so I think that they are going to be electric this year and the Dodgers are probably going to win over a hundred games again. Uh, myself, I'm a pessimistic Yankees fan. So I do think that, the Astros are going to beat them in the ALCS again, and the Astros make it back to the World Series. I don't think the Phillies make it, even though I live in the city. I'm going to root for them. Uh, I think the Braves make it, and I think the Braves win the World Series. They got everything that you need. They really do. They got everything that you need to win a championship right now. Gentlemen, are there any kind of rule changes that we've seen in MLB that you would want in the NFL? No, I mean, with the MLB, they're trying to make it faster. I want the NFL to go slower. 
like just extend the games. I want to. You want another quarter? I want to marinate on the couch longer. So yeah, I think that'd be electric. Um, what else do they do in the MLB? No shift. That would be like in the NFL, saying like you can't line up like two guys on one side. So no, I think the NFL is great how it is. But the bigger NFL, end zones. You don't want bigger end zones. No, but the NFL did um accept some new rules. Is that am I correct there? Uh, I believe they did. The number zero is now officially wearable for certain individuals. Who do you want to see wear number zero, Max? Not the bum Calvin Ridley who hasn't played in three years that says, I'm going to wear number zero. Like, that's weird, bro. Like, zero, zero dollars one on his parlays. Yeah, zero dollars one. I don't know. Michael Parsons said he was going to go zero. I think that would be pretty cool, honestly. So I'll go with him. Super producer. This is like just completely random. But I think they should bring back the old AFL field goal post right in the center of the end zone, not in the back <laughs> of the end zone. I'd just put it right in the center, even make it the, the double stick uh, goal post yeah. instead of just the single post. Nixie make it a little. Want, Nixie wants to block. see like Miko Hardman or one of these burners just run straight into it. That would be great, bro. Um, for myself, I do enjoy the number zero rule, but there used to be a rule way back in the day where it's not crossing the goal line that was a touchdown. You had to cross the goal line and put the ball on the ground, which is why it was called a touchdown. So you a had to rugby action. You have to physically touch the ball to the to the ground of the end zone, and I think that would be electric with the kinds of catches some guys would have to make to. To record a touchdown, I think that would be really fun. Uh, but we're going to get into the episode. Wanted to thank our presenting sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to do a season-long best ball draft. Super producer Nick C, have you done a best ball draft with Underdog this offseason yet? I have not. Um, still licking my wounds from my NBA losses. So I think once the NFL draft rolls around, I'll start ripping some Underdog drafts. I am pretty excited even though I might be missing out on some values right now. See, now Super Producer Nick C being a little bit more safe, wants to see where some of these rookies go. I myself, I entered one. I was trying to find where do I really want to grab some of these rookies not knowing their teams. I feel like this is the supreme time you can get really, really, really good value on a large majority, a vast majority of these rookies. I wouldn't say guys like Bijan or any of these elite tier rookies, but some of these back end guys that you can see producing, they're going to go for dirt, dirt, dirt cheap this early. So again, go to underdog fantasy, use their best ball tool, use their pick them games. They're a great sponsor of the podcast. And if you use our code promo code monarchy, M O N A R C H Y, you use that promo code, you get a free $100 deposit match in bonus cash monarchy. It helps support the podcast as well. A portion of, that money that goes in comes and helps supports us. We wanted to thank you all for going over to Underdog Fantasy and using code Monarchy M O N A R C H Y again one hundred dollars in bonus cash. Let's get into reports. All right, Lamar Jackson has requested a trade from Baltimore. We've seen things get smoothed over with uh, other quarterbacks in the past i won't call him a pretty madonna because i don't think he's really acting like one the man just wants to get compensated uh the way that his peers have so gentlemen we know about lamar jackson wherever he goes he'll probably be good it's not going to be the end of the world he's a rushing quarterback he has top six upside every single year let's not fixate on this let's fixate on him leaving baltimore what that does to mark andrews and if he leaves Baltimore and goes to a place like the Colts or the commanders or somewhere like that. How much does he actually amplify the wide receivers in those places? I guess I'll start off with the first question of Mark Andrews. That was actually the question we got from a listener uh, was texted in was what does Mark Andrews value do if Lamar leaves Baltimore? Um, so looks like you're reading minds these days, Peter, which is pretty shout out big Al shout out big Al. But, I mean, Mark Andrews, it's tough. Everyone has a sour taste in their mouth. I think that the injury really was the reason that he didn't play well last year. I do think we've seen him succeed with Tyler Huntley. I don't know if Tyler Huntley is going to be the guy. Regardless, Mark Andrews is still a younger tight end, 27, 28 years old, in the prime of his career. 
I think if you can get a value and a dip there, I'd be buying 100%. Yeah, I feel like as far as Andrews, I mean, you, you still have to value him pretty highly. I think his contract, he has a potential out after the season. So I feel like that would maybe more come to light if Lamar ends up leaving. In general, his contract, uh, he, he would be under contract until 2026. Uh, that's when he would become an unrestricted free agent. The tight end landscape is just so, dude, it's so gross. So it's like if you get one of these top three guys, even four, you count Hawkinson in there, who knows. But I feel like Andrew still holds his value regardless. Um, like you said, Max, he's shown that he can do it with Huntley too. So it would be interesting to see though. And and I feel like you could easily buy him on a dip whenever Lamar does leave. He's 27 going on 28 at the beginning of the season. His birthday's in September there. Um, but his contract, I think if Lamar left, I think he won, he'd want to reamp that contract, reset the market. And I think he's worth it. So I think some team will play him. Do you imagine though, like just talking hypotheticals here and that's kind of what the next part of the question is as well. But Imagine like next year he has an out of his contract and like Kelsey's like, oh, I'm gonna hang it up. And the Chiefs are like, oh, there's Andrews, bro. That'd be insane. That'd that be would be that as a member of the AFC, and I know you you say that as this as well, Max. That would honestly make me want to just cry. We can't have the Chiefs just run the conference for the next 10 years. We can't let that happen. Uh personally with Andrews, I, I think he's very talented. It's very apparent. Uh but we know he's not talented to the likes of like Travis Kelsey, where he's going to take the ball and he's going to run through 10 different people and just bulldoze over them. Andrews was always a little bit more of a reception type of tight end. He enjoyed receiving the ball and then would run for like five yards. He He's not a real like bruiser, downhill runner. And then he's a big end zone threat just because they have no one there. I really think that was a big reason why he was so productive is they just literally have no one. So with that being said, I'm not 100% sold in on him finishing as that like top two, top three option like he's been over the past couple of seasons without Lamar. I think his value, his true value, like last year, you could have probably got two first for him, two, two and a half. Like going into last season, finishing as the tight end one at 27 years old. I think right now he's worth a first anywhere between 107 to one twelve, uh, depending on your league and depending on your owners and the landscape of it. I really don't think that he's worth any more than that. Now, obviously for trades to get done, sometimes you have to add more than a player's value, especially if somebody doesn't want to sell them. So I would feel comfortable paying a mid first plus like a second, but anything on top of that, I think is a little bit too much for him given the situation that is, is there right now. No, I agree. I mean, Jace actually just paid this past offseason 105 for Mark Andrews. A lot has changed since then, and that's just the cool thing with Dynasty. These values, they fluctuate so, so, so quickly. So, I mean, if you can get a young tight end, young, I say 27, 28 years old, going into his prime, like, you can't beat it. So I think I would be fine paying first and a half, two firsts still. I really would. You would. Two firsts. I mean, if I'm paying a 25 first and like a oh. 107, yeah, I'm in there for it. The 25 first. You tell me you're going to turn down 25 first and 107 for Mark Andrews. No, I wouldn't turn it down. I'd take that tomorrow, but I just don't feel like I'd be able to give that up. You wouldn't pay them? No, I look, there's other options out there. I'd rather go pay like three first for Kyle Pitts than no. two first for Andrews. I was thinking about it today, Peter. It's my biggest regret. I, I've done a lot of trades. I've traded Justin Jefferson for a bag of chips. I've traded a lot of things, Peter. But, Peter, my biggest regret is trading three first for Calvitz, So, I don't know. Well, look, he's not on your squad anymore. Correct. He's not You're, worth three first. Hold on, wait. Actually, I need to think about this. Your biggest regret in all of your fantasy football trading life is three first for Kyle Pitts, a player who's only played for two seasons and you have no idea his career trajectory. Don't care. If I'm paying three first, it has to be a stud. I paid three first in this ideal of Kyle Pitts is going to be my tight end for years to come, yada, yada, yada. Nope. I think that tight ends take a very long time to develop. I think Kyle Pitts is honestly worth a first and a half, two first. If Mark Andrews is, I think Pitts is too. I don't think they're that far off. 
Uh, yeah, they're not that far off, but they are far off in age. I believe Andrews is five years older. And Andrews has done it for five years straight. Pitts has not done it. So we'll I mean, see. It's going to be another starving season in Atlanta. No quarterback. Herb Smith to the Bengals. Any interest? I love it. I think you can find him on waivers. I really do. I mean, this guy used to play at Alabama. He's 24 years old. We just talked about it. Tight ends take a while. In that high-powered offense, when they're going to be slinging the ball, probably not, no Joe Mixon. I'll take it. You could probably get him for a third right now. He's a tiny guy. I don't think you could get him for a third. I think you could get him for somewhere in the mid-second round, but I'd take that shot every day of the week. What town are you getting in the middle of the second round? Nothing, bro. Irv Smith, he's... He is small though. I did not know his He's size. very small. He's six foot. Six foot two. Yeah. But 240 pounds. Always hurt. Always hurt, but played at Alabama. So I'm buying. Saban's boys. Let's move forward. Uh somebody that is going to be on everybody's talk show. I saw a tweet and I was uh I was laughing my butt off, and somebody said uh the opposite of what Max is gonna say here. Somebody said the scout that drafts Anthony Richardson is going to set back his franchise for five years and get fired. Um, we are talking about Anthony Richardson's pro day today. He threw the ball 75 yards. He, you know, threw the ball up against the, the, the support beams on the dome that he was in just, you know, all the, all the funny things that we saw Zach Wilson doing a couple of years ago, Max, I wanted you to tell me why I'm wrong. I get it. Pro days, they, they come and go. I don't care if you throw the ball off the roof. That's kind of corny. I don't know. I didn't get that. What he put up at the combine, I think, speaks more than what he did at the pro day, and his pro day spoke a lot about him. I think it takes the right system. I do. Lamar worked at the Ravens because they built the offensive around the Lamar Jackson, right? But if you get a team that's actually committed to building around Anthony Richardson, he showed off his arm. He can throw the football. Is it going to be accurate? Not every quarterback is super, super accurate every time. The great ones are. Am I saying he's going to be a great football player? No. But do I think he's going to put up a lot of fantasy numbers? Yes. That's why I like him. I really do. So I'm all in on uh, Anthony Richardson. And right now, he's my 102 in Superflex. He really is. You he's could argue 102. one. You, you could argue 101. Would you take him over Bijan? Bro, if Bijan goes to, like, the Texans, sure. He probably won't go to the Texans. Let's do, like, a worst-case scenario. Bijan's going to be splitting carries in Philadelphia, like, with 60% workload. No, because he's not. if he goes to Philly, he's not going to be splitting carries with a Rashad Penny coming off a broken fibula. He's just not. Like, worst-case scenario is he goes to, like... What, he goes to San Francisco? Yeah, worst-case scenario, he goes to San Francisco. There we go. I think that would be hilarious. And that's a possibility nobody's like really talking about. But even then, I'd still probably take him. Like Christian McCaffrey's 26, 27 years old. I mean. All right, super producer. The one thing with Richardson is we just have to see what his draft capital looks like. I mean, if he gets top 10 draft capital, God forbid, top five draft capital, I, that's going to tell the whole story. Whether or not like people believe in his arm or or whatever – that's not what would matter at that point. It really is like, okay, the team's going to take him in the top five, like, or top 10, even it's like, you know, that they're, they're going to be all in on trying to make the team around him and do that. And I feel like in that case, okay, maybe Bijan doesn't get the the best landing spot, but I mean, he's so good. He'll feast up anywhere, but then the, the conversation could happen at that point. But there, there really is that huge factor of draft capital with Richardson. Man, I mean, he seems like he's so special, but I, the, the passing is something that you, you really – it's hard to look past his, his completion percentage and all of that stuff. I mean, it is pretty wild. All right, one last topic before we get into a little trade segment that Max put together for us. I saw this as a, a news item. We don't have it on our sheet, but I want to talk about it because I think it, it it needs to be talked about. We saw Brock Purdy have a great season, right? Tears his UCL in the NFC Championship game. Now we all think, okay, you know, the dream's over. Trey Lance is going to start the season. He's going to be the guy. And, you know, they win a couple games. They're not going to move on from him back to Purdy. 
I don't know if you guys saw this, but John Lynch came out and said that Sam Darnold is going to have a chance to start this upcoming season. What kind of indictment does that do to Trey Lance? I think it depends on how Trey Lance looks at it, honestly. I think Trey Lance could look at it. I mean, I don't know. It's a weird thing to say, but he could look at it and say, oh, Sam Darnold might start over me and just roll over and quit. But I don't think that's the kind of person he is. I think he's a competitor. And I think that if they trade him, he's going to make like, it's going to prove them wrong. It just, it puts it a weird scenario. It brings me to the question. I'll ask the question back. What is Trey Lance's super flex value right now? Like, are you buying? I feel like he could, he could be a good buy. I mean, I just thinking about it, I really don't know what, what his value could be, but it really depends on the people, the person who has him because they might've spent a, top five pick or whatever when he was a rookie coming out and then he just hasn't really even played for them so maybe they're just sick of it and want to cash out I feel like I would be in for a couple seconds if that if that would be the going rate for him like I'm buying that all day long and who cares okay Purdy Sam Darnold I feel like it's all noise I mean they still drafted this dude with what was it like a top three pick or top five pick, pick and they traded like multiple first to get this guy. So it's like, this and he, was really, their guy. he hasn't had the chance to play. So it's like, maybe it's just to try and light a fire under Lance or something, but he could be an easy buy in super flex. I could return crazy value for sure. Or his bottom out. But if like, all right, if I lose, 109 like i think 109 is fair value for him if i lose 109 or if i have this high upside guy and he goes and gets traded to x team on draft like that'd be insane the guy's played like four games in his career that's what i'm saying you're saying he's not worth 109 no i'm saying he's worth more than 109 i wouldn't pay more he's too risky no risk it no biscuit max you taught me that one from a very, very, very young age. Let's move past reports and get into Max's little trade segment he has for us. Yeah, it's it's uh, pretty small. Usually I tell the boys, I was like, I just tell them, I'm like, bring trades just because I want them to actually bring me one. No one ever does. So I didn't say it today. You know, maybe one day I'll just be like, kind of like a, a girlfriend, you know, you're always like, one day maybe she'll just be like, you look really nice, but it won't happen. And maybe that's something we need to talk yeah, about. Yeah, Max, that sounds like something we need to unpack with you. Is everything okay? Oh, yeah, it's great, Peter. Uh, yeah, and for all those that don't know, Max is, uh, there's just like a single tear streaming down Max's face right now uh, as he's saying, I'm okay. So uh, it would appear he's not. But let's get some trades going. Yeah, it's just... Uh... That's a good one. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna propose a trade to uh to Nixie. And I think something's there. What's the uh what kind of league? Single quarterback, half point PPR. Half point PPR. Our most important league. Sure. Nixie. I'm prepared to send T. Higgins for 103 and Alec Pierce. That's a real interesting one. I feel like the value is pretty close, at least for like 103 and T Higgins. We were kind of talking about it. Um, and it is interesting. I think I, I would probably do that trade to be fair. Um, yeah. Yeah, I probably would. I think it makes sense for both of our teams because then I, you're kind of like trying to get assets and 103 will – it's only going to go up in value once one of these guys go to uh, whether it be Gibbs or, I mean, it's the same stuff we've kind of talked about where once the draft comes around, people are just going to start to foam at the mouth. And while it's, it's nice for my team, I'm a competing roster to like get one of these rookie guys who knows if they'll actually end up panning out for my squad or something like that, and I feel like to get Higgins, who's kind of a locked and loaded wide receiver too, I feel like that's that's probably good value. You know, if it hurts for me to give up Alec Pierce just because I got the Bearcats bias, but I feel the like uh, I feel like that's a solid value. It's tough for me to trade T Higgins, 
I paid two first for T. Higgins in 24, and then I got a second and Komet back. So I feel like two first is worth about 103, and then to get Alec Pierce on top of that, T. Higgins in 103 in a, like, is a very close trade. Obviously, Bijan's going to go number one, right? But now I have 103, and like you said, Nick C, like, when this draft comes, and let's say Gibbs goes like to Buffalo or these guys, like whatever it might be, right? Gibbs could go too, and I can get JSN, or I can get Quentin Johnson if you get to a good spot. Like the options are just unlimited. Or if these guys are wanting to trade up, I can trade back to 107 and go get like 107 and another first and have a pick this year and just kind of rebuild that way. So T. Higgins was good. I think this just gives me more opportunity peter as an outsider what do you think uh as an outsider first and foremost i'd love to know if if we could run a stat average length on team for all your players how long like what's the average that any particular player stays on your roster i'd love to know that one you're an accountant fifo first in first out get him out of here first in first out life last in first out actually it was going over some of that stuff the last person in first one out it is last in first out so don't question my accounting knowledge the only the uh the aicpa can do that and believe me they've done that a couple times um but no let's let's think about this I look at that trade, and I was honestly going to interject and try to get T. Higgins. But out of respect for Nick C. and you, Max, I didn't want to get in between your trade. That that would be like me, uh, like sitting in the, uh, uh, in the the pews at, at a wedding, and then just saying, "I I reject this marriage." You know, I, I'm not going to do that. But sounds I like wanted to break to. it down. We need to break that down. Well, it sounds like we need to break that one down too, a hundred percent. But no, uh, I wanted to because I want T. Higgins really bad. I, I think Chase being a little bit of a smaller wide receiver gives him more of a chance for Higgins to be a number one in that Bengals system when he's hurt. And on top of that, I don't think Higgins could be there for the long haul. He's going to get a chance to be a one eventually in Dynasty, and he's still so, so, so young. I don't think you sold low, Max. I don't think you sold high. I think you sold at equivalent value. But to give your team some length in youth in this upcoming draft and then to be able to control your own destiny where let's say it's Bijan and then the pick of JSN or Gibbs goes number two you get that other guy who's going to have so much hype around them so I think you'd be able to trade out of it and get more than T Higgins to the right owner yeah I I really do think that too and the the main reason, like I've been trying to move off of 103 pretty much since I got it. I actually traded Jonathan Taylor and Darnell Mooney for 103 and Amari Cooper. Um, so this does make me feel a little bit better on that trade, almost like T. Higgins and Amari Cooper for JT, Mooney, and Pierce, which is kind of like I eh, might be giving up value. But um, at the end of the day, too, I, I started to get – I started to get the yips a little bit just because with my competing roster, like no one was really biting on this one Oh three pick and I wanted JSN. I thought I was going to be able to get him, And the guy who has one Oh two is pretty much dead set on JSN. So then it, it comes down to like Gibbs and whether or not you believe in Jameer Gibbs. And I, I don't know. I mean, I was on the train and then I got off the train and I've been kind of back and forth. And like, for me, I'm not trying to miss on that pick. So I would like, I was reaching out trying to get a stud wide receiver for the pick. Um, and I think you just, just had a good offer max, but at the end of the day too, whether or not you end up drafting a guy like Gibbs or something like that, I feel like it's almost a lock in our specific league where it goes Bijan JSN. And then, you know, there's going to be another guy with a like premier landing spot kind of like we were yeah. talking about so i think you're you're going to be able to get a lot of value once it, the nfl draft is over with and we get closer to our rookie draft i think i think what happens is like you look around the league and uh i'm sure this is applicable to a lot of your leagues at home running backs are very hard to find and on top of that good running backs are very hard to come by especially at young ages and with this draft class we've been talking about for three years it's going to be very 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 hard to find a good young running back to hold on to. So you're going to be at 103 there, Max, and you're going to have your pick of the litter at running back based on landing spot, based on talent, et cetera. I think a lot of people are going to be knocking on your door 
trying to get a running back that they can just set and forget for the next, let's say, like four years, right? Because Lord knows if you want to go trade for one, it's an arm and a leg. Or there's none of them out there. So it, that's that's the way that it works. So I think that pick is a lot more valuable than some people might put a tab on it for. But I think in the coming days and less than a month, in the coming less than a month, it'll only get more and more expensive. All right, let's move on to our quarterback valuing. All right, welcome to our little guide to valuing quarterbacks in a single quarterback league. This past season, we saw a lot of traction and a lot of pickup of the importance of having a good quarterback, something that we've been preaching for a little bit. Max, shaking your head no. Why? I don't think you do, bro. We look I've at been it. preaching this. I no, no, I think I think we do, but I'm saying me personally, I'm on the opposite side as you. Why? Because, bro, look at the look at the rankings, look at the points per game. I mean, when you really break it down, and I get some years are different than others. I, I understand that. But when you look at it and you Jalen Hurts twenty five point two to two was seventeen point eight. I get that's a seven-point difference per week. But also, Jalen had a historic year. Honestly, He really did. Usually, most most of the years that I've looked at it, and I do this in redrafts and everything like that, it's within like a three- to four-point range of like the number 10 quarterback and the number one quarterback or the number two quarterback. Like, they all put up similar numbers. So, like, I think right now you could go get Justin Fields at 19.7, and Geno Smith at 17.9, they're at like completely different ball games. And I could pick Geno Smith up off waivers. Why go overpay for fields? I think you go and overpay for fields, not fields in particular. I think you go for guys like Herbert, guys like Burrow, et cetera. You get those like blue chip stock guys because you know that they're going to play for so long. Like you could try to stream the quarterback position forever, but I'd just rather have the security. I don't know, Pete. I mean, we're, we're going to, guess dive into it and kind of like look at hypotheticals but when i won it all i started ben roethlisberger two of the weeks and because I, you had a crazy stacked team yeah but that's what you do like these people that have josh allen and value him at like two first i would never pay that for josh allen if you could go get jameson williams and a 24 first for josh allen in a one quarterback league you don't yeah. have to be high on jameson williams to accept that trade no you don't you don't. And that's my thing. It's like, why not just roll out? No, I'm not going to roll out Mac Jones, but you can go and you can get a Tyler Murray who's hurt right now. You could go get a Deshaun Watson who was suspended or, I mean, you could get a Kenny Pickett probably very, very cheap in a one quarterback league and make it work if you have two stud running backs, a couple stud receivers and like a just depth. This is true. I don't know, man. I my only pushback, like, okay, I know you're just making examples, but like, can he pick it at eleven point five points per game last season? Right, you're not going to win games with that. Like, it's for, here. no, I know, but like, especially okay, even if you take, let's say, mid QB two, so you're looking at like, at for points per game this past season, like Goff was like sixteen point seven. He was great. Tom Brady sixteen. So total points he was, but like points per game, I I don't know, bro. Like I I just feel like it gives you such an such an advantage. Like even like for me, I'm I'm definitely biased in this because I have Mahomes in this league, and I drafted Mahomes in our startup. And this is when I mean I I really didn't know dynasty, but I'm just like, well, if I could just get Mahomes, I picked him in the second round of our startup. Like I haven't moved him from my starting lineup other than when he's been on bye weeks. So, like, that's what I'm paying for. It's the same like what Peter was saying. Like, you pay for these blue-chip guys just for the security of, like, okay, Joe Burrow, you know he's going to be elite probably for the next four or five years, probably even longer than that. So it's like you really can just set it and forget it. I get you might give up value here and there. I mean, we even swapped Mahomes back and forth, me and you, Max, I mean, we traded I, – I gave you Mahomes, Calvin Ridley, and you gave me uh, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Darnell Mooney. 
and then we traded back and I got Mahomes and you got Dak Prescott and Mike Williams. So it's like I get what you're saying, like you might give up value, but like looking at those trades, I feel like that's lopsided for the Mahomes side both times. Like Dak Prescott and Mike Williams for Mahomes. Like, like I feel I look, like I look at that in my mind, it's like I just got a free Mike Williams. The Dak Mahomes don't care. Like it's just a free Mike Williams. And that's just how it gets what's different about it. And that's how different owners will will value their different pieces. And and that's something that we're we'll get into right now. Let's take a look. We have the top 12 quarterbacks from this past season, points per game, four-point passing touchdown. So Jalen Hurts at 25. I'm going to round these numbers for everyone. Jalen Hurts at 25, Mahomes at 24 and a half, Josh Allen at 23, Joe Burrow at 21, Fields at 20, Lamar Jackson at 20, Kyler Murray at 18, Daniel Jones at 18, Geno Smith at 18, Two at 18, Trevor Lawrence at 17 and a half, and then Kirk Cousins at 17. Gentlemen, the more that I'm looking into the numbers, unless you have a top three producer, I'm kind of siding with Max a little bit more. Even if you have a top, like, sure, Peter, did Jalen Hurts probably win you a week or two? Maybe. But you also have the depth, right? But if you're, like, just building your team, right, and you just don't have that many pieces, and it's just you're holding on to Mahomes, you're holding on to so one quarterback league, and you're holding on to one of these quarterbacks, let them go. Go out, and if you're just like, let's say you literally just have like Hertz and some bums and like an average like team, right? Go out, let them go. You're not winning at all. You don't need them. You could go and trade Jalen Hurts right now in a one quarterback league. Peter, you probably wouldn't sell Jalen Hurts unless it's like a top five pick which is crazy. That's not true. What would you sell him for? Realistically, I think about Jalen Hurts. He's probably got, and I'm going to be nice here and I'm going to be non-biased and, and, and nice. Five, I think seven, he has, years, it doesn't matter. No, I think he's got a, a solid five years that you sure. can, you can project out because he's good enough at throwing the ball where if he had to use his arm more than he does right now, he could get by. So I think he has a guaranteed two years of upside uh with his rushing and that's just going to extend out every year it'll add on until he gets hurt i think i wouldn't trade him for a pick but i'd trade him for a player but would you trade like my thing is it's like you can get you trade your jalen hurts and in return you get a dak prescott and calvin ridley you get a dak prescott calvin ridley and 202 like i probably wouldn't do that that's crazy to me because Dak has no rushing upside. He has no floor play. Okay, so you trade your Jalen Hurts for Trey Lance and... No, because Trey Lance too... Like, if you insert Kyler Murray into this, insert Kyler Murray instead. But even Kyler Murray's a guy that I'd be looking to downgrade off. But sure, we'll insert Kyler Murray for the for the argument. Yeah, for the, for the argument's sake. If you trade Jalen Hurts for Kyler Murray and... I wouldn't even, dude. If you got Calvin, Calvin Ridley, and Kyler Murray for Jalen Hurts, that'd be a slam. Except, I don't know if it would be for me. Like, I, I would need somebody a little bit better and a little bit more proven than Calvin Ridley. See, like something I would do is I would do, you know, Jalen Hurts plus for T. Higgins. Sure, if you if someone's going to value a quarterback that high, then I yeah, would. If there's if it's you know in your leagues at home, somebody has all the wide receivers, somebody has all the running backs, and that's just the way that it goes. They get you know a little bit overzealous with certain position groups. They don't need all of them, and sometimes you're able to to get a good discount because they have too many of a good thing. Super producer, looks like you want to say something. Yeah, so this is one thing that I did throw on the show doc, just because you know we talk about keep trade cut a lot of the time and. While I like I've said multiple times, like it's not a Bible by any means, but I feel like it's a good way to see how maybe the majority of public are valuing players. And so I kind of threw in some of the values here. And so for Jalen Hurts in particular, you said you would trade Jalen plus for T Higgins like Jalen Hurts in on keep trade cut single quarterback is valued over T Higgins valued over Devonta Smith, valued over an early 23 first. So that's probably 105 or earlier. 
Um, yeah. Probably not 101, obviously, but maybe like 102, 103 to 105. Um, so I, like you said, I mean, who knows in a league you could you might be able to get that trade to go through hurts for t higgins i mean it's it might seem crazy to you guys but i mean you could see where a competing piece who has an a ton of wide receiver depth and they're only got to start two wide receivers how they could just be like okay i'm just going to get the quarterback one for next season or something like that but i that's just a point that i thought was kind of interesting well, that is very interesting. And I like your analogy there of like the competing team and stuff like that. But if you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, like Patrick Mahomes, whoever that says, okay, you can listen to Peter, you can listen to Nick C, everyone has different opinions. But go out and get those guys that are like T. Higgins, Devonta Smith. Like that is an instant guy that is just worth so much, I feel like. And you could go and start Jared Goff and literally get by. You really could. I get it. The rushing upside's not there, but it's still a nice 17 to 18 points. And if you're slotting in T Higgins over a guy like Mike Evans, I feel like you're getting the extra points back and you're getting younger. So did you guys see some of the other ones I put in there? So that's what uh, I was putting in before pre-show. Like I put like Mahomes, Burrow, and then like the top three guys that they're valued over. I feel like there's some pretty interesting ones in there. Like for Mahomes, Mahomes is like the fifth most valuable asset on keep trade cut goes for single quarterback for people, which I feel like is pretty interesting. I feel like it's pretty rich. So they have him over valued over guys like AJ Brown, Brees Hall, CD Lamb. Dude, it would be tough for me to turn down AJ Brown for Mahomes or CD Lamb for Mahomes. I feel like I feel like that's where it would get into the tier where it's like, I, I'm starting to get into your camp, Max. Like if there's really people that are going to pay top five wide receiver prices, top three wide receiver prices for Mahomes, I mean, I'm probably the, I'm probably a seller at that point. But. Hey, Nick, see, I know it's not super flex and you just got T Higgins, but I'll give you, you know, Jalen Hurts for him. That's funny. That's funny. No, it's it's true. And look, I'm a big Jalen believer. I was on him while he was at Oklahoma. I was on him while he was at Alabama. I, I, I love the guy so much. And he's got such a bright future in this league. And it would take a little bit more than the average person for me to to move off of him. But with some of the values that we're seeing out here, if it's in your home leagues and it's like this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. If your home leagues are like this, I, I don't know what I would do. Like, I would... I would just sell sell the quarterbacks right now. Like I have Daniel Jones as my backup in this league uh, because I bought him down the stretch just to make sure, just in case Jalen got hurt. But I don't even know what you could get for Daniel Jones. It looks like you could get like a semi-decent wide receiver based on yeah. these values. Nixie, what who's valued over Daniel Jones? Who's Daniel Jones valued over? So they have Daniel Jones valued similarly to like 206 – Darren Waller, Juju Smith-Schuster, pretty much kind of like middling guys like that. I wish it was T. Higgins. <laughs> but no, like when you think about these quarterbacks, I guess these elite options are valued so, so, so highly. The more I'm listing it out, the more I'm falling into Max's camp. I do think that quarterbacks need to be valued highly if you're going for it. If you're going for a championship, I think you need a great quarterback. But if you're not, I think you sell them and get all the young assets. Even if you're going for it, I, I said again, like you don't need a good quarterback. I'd rather have the depth. It, th these values on here, I'm looking at them now. It's like if I if I'm in a league where I could trade my Dak Prescott for Elijah Moore, for Cortland Sutton, Alvin Kamara, Darren Waller, any of these guys, I'm probably doing it. I really am. If it came down to it and, like, I didn't have a quarterback and I had Darren Waller, I would be the buyer there, Max. Like, I would send over Darren Waller, Juju, if I just didn't – if I was scraping for a quarterback and, make, like, maybe I can make some type of run. But, but then like, you go check your waivers and Jimmy G's sitting right there. Or, I mean, yeah, Jared Goff. It's like these guys, like, sure, Dak is decent. Like, he's not a – not going to light the world on fire, but – He's a decent quarterback. He's better than Jimmy G. He's better than Jared Goff. But I'll lose the two, three points a week and get a free Darren Waller, a free Juju, whoever it is. 
Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. Maybe, just maybe, you're crazy, Max. And I know Jace would want us to talk about this, and we probably should. I think it depends on, obviously, like six point per passing touchdown rather than four point per passing touchdown. Obviously, those guys that run the ball in more are more valuable in the four-point leagues. But if it's a six-point passing touchdown, then it drops back to like, oh, golf's just as valuable as blank. For you guys, you would only trade up to get a quarterback if it's one of the top three guys, or you're just totally off on trading up to try to upgrade on a quarterback, just in general. I'm just curious. Not if I have to pay that price at all, but if I could pay a, a slight upgrade, sure. Like I'll pay my Dak Prescott and like a late first for Mahomes, but I, even then I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. No, I'm not trading up at all. When I even say that, I can't even do that. So no, I think I'm trading down every time. I'll keep trading down until I get yeah. to the scum of the bottom. Right. Peter, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Like, would you ever be looking to move up if let's say you have one of these middling quarterback twos Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, like what's the scenario where you're going to try and move up? Is, is it only going to be for those top three guys in points per game kind of deal or like what would I, I that value know. look like? I, I love floor guys. This upcoming season, I, I really, really, really love Herbert. I think he's going to have an incredible, incredible, incredible season. And he's so young and he's so talented. I think that's what's most important is that there's so much talent there. It's not a system. He's done it without the system. <laughs> that's the that's the funny thing is. And now he has uh, a somewhat of a system coming in there and, and helping him out uh, with Kellen Moore. So I'd be trying to move up for for maybe not those elite top four guys, top three guys, but those blue chip prospects that I know week to week I can if if I'm going for it. If I'm going for it, if I'm not going for it, I don't need quarterback. I can, that, that can be the last piece of the puzzle, even more last piece than running back. I will say this. I think it also comes down to league size. If you look at it and you're in a 10 person league, you can name off the top 10 quarterbacks. And then what after that, like there's going to be really decent quarterbacks on that waiver. Or you could also look at it and be like, oh, like top 10. I wanted an elite quarterback, but everyone's going to have a pretty solid quarterback. It's like, how big is that gap as compared to the rest of the league? But if we flip it and there's like 16, 18, I know leagues that play 32 and everyone has a quarterback, then yes, those guys like Patrick Mahomes and stuff become obviously that much more valuable. But if you're talking just your 12 team league, you name off the top 12 quarterbacks in like a ranking order. The last one we get to is Kyler Murray or... Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Tua Tagovailoa. If you're rostering more than two of these guys, why? Like, sure, it's a nice depth piece, like Peter says. Like, Daniel Jones, it's a perfect one. But why would I need to roster Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson in a one-quarterback league? That's where my thing is, is that there's not that many teams that are going to take up these quarterbacks. I think that a lot of teams can just get a quarterback that's decent. Even Anthony Richardson, who I think will be a – a really good fantasy quarterback. You could probably get him in the mid-second round of a one-quarterback draft. You really could. And you could pay a second round and have that upside and then start Jared Goff, and if Anthony Richardson turns out, oh, great, you have him. Or you could go pay, why would I pay my A.J. Brown, T.D. Lamb, or anything for Patrick Mahomes? Why would I even pay a late first and Dak Prescott for Patrick Mahomes when I can have a guy like, Jalen Hyatt, who I'm not even that high on, or Josh Downs. Like, I'd rather just take the prospect and lose the points in that given week. And it's honestly, it's a it's a crapshoot. Is Patrick Mahomes going to put up 24 points on the nose every time? No, it's points per game. There's going to be some games he plays a tough defense, and Dak plays a good one. You can stream quarterbacks. You really could. I'm pretty passionate about this, actually. I see what you're saying, but, like, for me – your argument was okay in the shorter team league. So like 10, 12 team that like the elite QB doesn't really make that much of a difference. Cause you can get that tier two at the same, like everyone's going to have a tier two. Right. I look at it in like, okay, in a 10 team league, even a 12 team, not more so a 12 team, but I would say like 10 team, everybody's going to have good options. So the way, the way you're going to win weeks 
is by having that four point advantage where I'm starting Mahomes and you're starting Russell Wilson or Jared Goff. And then there's, there's that little discrepancy there, but that's, what's going to win you the weeks. If I feel like for those shorter leagues, I can kind of see it more so in like a 12 team league of, of trading that value down. But then again, I still value just having that. It, it's kind of like tight end. Like I kind of look at it like tight end where it's like, okay, if I could have the top tight end and obviously it's a, it's a way larger discrepancy with tight end. So I guess it's not maybe the best. Um, yeah. Cause there's only like five or six good tight ends. There's right. 10, so it might not be the best, best, best kind of example, but I kind of look at it in that way, even if it's okay, I'm trading to get Hawkinson and you're starting in Joku every week. Like I'm, uh, like I'm trying to get that advantage of okay, it might not be that many more points, but there's still an advantage there, and I feel like on those margins is where you can kind of make up the production. But I do, I totally see what you're saying though about getting a free piece and then just picking up somebody on the waivers who could just be a serviceable quarterback and and maybe just stream guys like that. Even with like tight ends almost, I mean, we this is a whole rabbit hole that we don't need to get down right now. But when you talk about guys like Hawkinson to Njoku, it's who's going to score a touchdown that week? That's where the points come in. It's not that Hawkinson's putting up a consistent 80 yards a game. He doesn't. He puts up 20, 30 yards some games, and then he'll have like an 80-yard game. Like, And it's the same with Njoku. He'll have five catches, six catches, all this stuff. Like, it's such like a variance where it's like, yes, I get those Mahomes guys. We can bring this back to quarterbacks. Mahomes maybe puts up that really consistent 24 points. Whereas like if I drop down to a Kyler Murray, I'm getting seven some games and a 17. And like you don't want that and you just want consistency. And I know Peter's a huge fan of just consistent, I know what I'm getting asset. Yep. But if I could take the consistent asset and get a consistent wide receiver plus a big boom bus quarterback i would take that you know like peter if i told you you could trade your jalen hurts for a 10 point a week mike evans and a 17 point average of kyler murray you'd probably do it i probably would i probably would but there's so much like value with having that extra amount of points in a singular position instead of spreading it out among like different positions but I think we're starting to spin our spin our wheels here a little yeah, bit yeah. too much. Wanted to thank everyone for making it to the end. Any final points before we log off? Buy rookie picks if you still can. I don't know. Nick C said it. The pick's only going to go up. The pick I traded for earlier on this episode. You got to buy them now. After the draft happens, it's like impossible, I feel like. Wanted to thank everyone for making it to the end. We had a great time. We miss you, Jace. Jace, we really do miss you. We hope you had a nice opening day. We know you love baseball as well. I wanted to thank everyone for making it to the end of the episode. Use our code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, for a $100 deposit match in bonus cash. MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, at Underdog Fantasy. Again, thank you all so, so much. We will see you next week. The draft is inching closer week by week by week, and we're excited to help you in your drafts at home. See you all next week. Peace, peace, peace. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.